Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. That's right. Welcome to it on a Friday. Glad you are along for the ride. The next two hours, 2 to 4 Central Time here in beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Austin Norman, joined again, thank goodness, by the Husker Hall of Famer, the nine-year NBA veteran, the world traveler, the purveyor of Mary Ellen's food for the soul, Mr. Eric Strickland. Stricky, it's been a couple days. How we doing? We had some uh, port some port dockings and uh, going and doing excursions and being off the boat, so forth and so on. So that's the only reason I miss being on the block today. But I'm back today, Friday. We're on the way uh, on sea. So it's all good, man. What's going on? Not a whole lot, uh, at least in my life. A lot going on in the wide world of sports for us to get to here today. The first, probably the biggest thing that happened, Strick, The Sacramento Kings made the NBA playoffs. The Kings, for the first time in 17 years, they clinch a playoff berth. Back when you were playing, the Kings had, you know, more respect, more of a name than they Mm -hmm. do now. 17 years in the wilderness. It's been a long time coming for them. What a a cool moment for Sacramento to, to clinch that playoff berth on the road at Portland with a fun team, with Sabonis, with Fox, the leadership of Mike Brown. Good for that fan base. Good for that team. Yeah, uh, not not only that. I mean, the way that they did it, uh, they kind of started teetering towards the middle, towards the you know the the the, the lower half of the uh, conference, and then just really got hot and started rolling. Um, and they have a matching of the best r- road record in, in the conference. It's going to be a you hear it. Yep. A second. Yep. All good. So, yeah, the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs for the first time since 2006. And, again, back when when Strick was playing, the Kings were a household name, made a Western Conference Finals, made the playoffs, have some big names. But but now, Strick, they're the Kings. They have the reputation for, for being losers, for making all the wrong moves, for, you know, taking Marvin Bagley yeah. and Luka Doncic. Uh, ben McElmore didn't work out for them. All sorts of lottery picks, nothing to show for it. But here they are back in the playoffs. And to me, that's kind of mind-blowing. It took 17 years. But again, the reputation that the Kings had for dysfunction was one of one. Yeah, and they, they made some great moves. Um, you know, the acquisition of someone that has uh, top-tier uh, playoff experience and, and good leadership with Harrison Barnes on the team. We all know about the trade that they made in order to get DeMontis Sabonis which was huge. Um, you know, th- this young man, as far as the salary cap is concerned, he's, he's underpaid for mm-hmm. what his skill set is. I mean, let's, let's just be real about it. Uh, he's, he's only making, excuse me, he's only making like $18.5 million a year at this point. Uh, then you have guys like Kevin Hoarder who stepped up and has become a tremendous shooter for that team. Um, Malik Monk, the acquisition and in, in him coming over, he's, uh, they, when you say they've done it right, they've done it right at this point. Darian Fox was well deserving of his payday, but for the most part, they don't have salary cap issues like most teams in the NBA, and yet they're still find themselves as the third, uh, uh, not the third seed necessarily yet, but uh, it's not final. But they have they're 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 third in the uh, Western Conference, which 
some would consider to be one of the toughest at this point with with a lot of the moves that have been made o- over the, the recent times. Sitting third in the Western Conference right now, like you said, with the potential to jump Memphis. It's not going to be easy, but with five or six games to go in the season, two games is manageable. Take some help, but if you win, Memphis loses, you're right there. And you have, you know, home court advantage for yeah. not just the first round, but the first two rounds if, if you make it out of that. So impressive story. And to me, you have to credit the players, obviously. But Mike Brown, a guy who's been there, done that at all sorts of different stops with the Cavs. Uh, they poach him then from the Warriors. To me, Mike Brown was the perfect voice for that group. I think you let guys be themselves. They're not great on defense. I know Mike Brown's a good defensive coach. There's not a whole lot there for that roster defensively. But Mike Brown is an adult. He's a guy who's been through some stuff. He's seen everything at a basketball level. So to me, Mike Brown has to be the front runner for coach of the year. Uh, I, I would I would venture to say I think he's done probably the best job with what some would say uh, was – being it was so unexpected that they would find themselves in this position and yet he's been able to get it done i mean he's coached some of the best he's you know coaching at cleveland also coaching there at uh, golden state he's deserving of the opportunity but he's actually showing the type of coach that he is um you know i i i think that they're they're not just a scary team that they're that most people are going to have to face because they're not a scared to go into your gym and beat you. They, they're they very capable. They've shown throughout the course of the year having a tie for some of the uh, the best road record uh, in, the, in, in the league, you know, with those of like Boston and, and uh, Milwaukee. So you've got to look at them as a, as, as a danger in the Western Coast Conference. I think they find themselves in not too bad of a spot uh, if they're able to stay at that three position, um, you know, because um, – of one, you got the play in situation and depending on who comes out of that, you know, I don't see anybody outside of Golden State that would be a, a crazy danger to them. Uh, they've handled the Lakers. OK, OK, is not someone that's that's too dangerous. Um, New Orleans can be depending on the matchup situation. Um, but but the one that throws me off right now is just the downfall of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Just the move that they made. It seems like everybody else's moves that were made, the acquisitions that they made are panning out for them to include Phoenix uh, at this point, who has been able to hold on, even though they kind of been teetering a little bit, they've been able to hold on. And I've got to give, I've got to give a salute to Toronto because it looked like it could have been ugly for them. And yet they moved out of that play in situation and found themselves in a fifth slot. Now they're still in danger. They've got games left. They've got to finish it off strong. Um, But they've been seven and three in their, their last 10 games. So, they're 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 playing better. They're finding out ways to use Westbrook and, and to kind of the different moves. And and listen, Teron has been in a position. Uh, Teron Lou has been in a position in which he's uh, making decisions for the betterment of the team. And if that doesn't include Westbrook, he's willing to take that uh, the brunt of that. And so he's figured out a way to get those guys playing good basketball as well. So um, it's going to be fun to watch that that Western Conference and, and see who's going to. Uh, uh, emerge and come out of that. Now, another thing, when you look at it, Austin, on the Boston Celtics side of things, they just demolished uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at home. And that's a send a message type of win uh, that they <laughs> that they performed on the Boston Celtics. 
Um, I, I happen to kind of per- periodically with um, Wi-Fi situations get some of the news and can't really delve deep into it, but got a chance to put my eye on some of that, and they, they beat the brakes off of them at home. So that's a send-a-message uh, type of thing uh, for the playoffs as well. I'm glad you brought up the Clippers and Russell Westbrook. Since he got traded, we haven't heard his name a lot, and to me that's the biggest credit to Teron Liu in the job he's mm-hmm. done. Because if we were hearing Russell Westbrook's name – it probably means that he wasn't fitting in, that he hadn't found a role that the Clippers or the, the Clippers were scuffling, were struggling. But the fact that at least the majority of people haven't heard Russell Westbrook's name like in the news, to me, speaks volumes of the job Teron Liu has done in getting Russ to buy in, to find that role in the optimal way to use him. I still don't think it was the best move for the Clippers, but hats off to T. Lou for finding a way to make the best of that move. I mean, listen, the only thing that's changed is he's just changed floors. (laughs) He's still in the same place. (laughs) The same media that covers the Lakers is still the same media, as you said, is the same media that covers the Clippers. And so you would think that there would still be uh, mm-hmm. a lot of news uh, that comes out about Westbrook, but you know, they've done a good job of masking it. And, and he's done a good job of not, you know, putting himself out there in that, in that method and in, in that way in order to, to cause news uh, for the team, but just play ball. And I think that's the best thing for Russell. And I think that's a good thing as to why he went with uh, the Clippers and Teron Lou and the crew, because look, they're, they're just about playing ball and winning. And, and so you're getting Kawhi to start finally playing. They're finally healthy. Uh, so uh, team is, I mean, I'm not going to say they're, they're dangerous, but I think with Westbrook, if he just plays his role and distributes and attacks, but you know, not necessarily just trying to take over, they, they may be okay. Some breaking news out of the portal strict two names to, uh, to give you. I guess one that isn't portal related, but for Nebraska women's basketball, Jazz Shelley announces she's returning for her fifth season. Huge pickup for Amy Williams and the crew. They go one for two and getting the Australians back. Hopefully Allison Widener comes back healthy because if you get Shelley for offense, Widener for defense, that's a tough guard combo to beat. Yeah, that's good for them to be able to land that. And, and as Rico uh, stated that they've got some uh, some some great uh, recruits that are going to be coming in as well. Um, you know, the Big Ten is is really tough for women's basketball. That's that's a that's a tough gauntlet. So you've got to really step up your recruiting game. You've got to get the talent in there. Um, obviously, um, it's going to be interesting to see what Iowa was able to do and, and how they're able to play because South Carolina and LSU have shown to be dominant. But um, um, for the women's side, you know, you've got to be able to figure out how to match up with some of the best that, that the Big Ten has to offer and, and getting Jazz Shelley back a scoring option that you don't really have to worry about trying to find or, or figure out who else is going to be able to fill that void is, uh, is good for them. Speaking of filling the void, breaking news, entering the transfer portal, Hunter Dickinson. That's right. Michigan center Hunter Dickinson <laughs> his name in the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. Wow. Um, everybody and their mama's going to want Hunter Dickinson. I don't care what it is, but uh, it would sure be nice to see him in a big red uniform, but I don't think that'll <laughs> happen. But listen, everybody's going to want 
want the skill set that Hunter Dickinson can bring, his ability to stretch the floor. He can handle a little bit. Um, he's he's an opposing force in the post. He can get he can get buckets. And, uh, you know, that type of a solid big man, yes, sir. Uh, just just where he lands up is going to be uh, a shift for whatever team's able to get him, no question. Michigan is going to look so different next year. Jet Howard being talked about as an oh, NBA gosh, draft yes. pick. We'll see what Bufkin – decides to do they they do add namari burnett who started at texas tech transferred didn't play a lot at alabama but again regardless of some of those auxiliary pieces dickinson was the guy for them splendid offensive player established an inside game early added a bit of a pick and pop game as well uh but michigan ends up in the nit this year and again strick it goes back to in the big 10 you play through a big man to survive the regular season. Michigan had its ups, had its downs. Without Hunter Dickinson, they can change their style of play, but I think it lowers their floor in the regular season to get rid of someone that consistent and dependable. Absolutely. Um, Jawan Howard's going to have to do a, a great coaching job. Uh, he's got to figure out, again, like you said, a change of style. That's not that's not easy to do, especially with the uncertainty of what's going to happen with knowing who you got coming back, uh, how well you feel about those who were in the locker room. And, and, and at the end of the day, you had a stable piece that that was in, in the middle there and him not leaving. Like, to be honest, Hunter Dickinson, I, I think the season is probably why he was he's coming back just the 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 topsy turvy uh, way that the season went for Michigan, uh, maybe come back and just reestablish himself. You know, become the centerpiece for that. Um, I, I can't say for sure if Zach Eady has declared, but uh, I mean, shoot, Purdue still's got the options. I mean, if I'm if I'm Painter, I'm trying to pull him back too again. You know, because losing him could be another another piece that could. Uh, uh, be a hurt for for what Purdue's trying to do. It's it's tough to replace somebody like that, um, but I, I I'm still hoping we can get someone with a similar skill set as as a Hunter Dickinson. He now now he reminds me of Sabonis. He reminds me of yeah. uh, of Sabonis in, the, in his style, but Sabonis is probably a little bit more physical. I think he's probably a little bit more skilled. I think Hunter has the ability to be, become physical because he shows it at time. But my goodness, um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we can pull a rabbit out of the hat, man, you know, David Copperfield style and find somebody that can fill uh, that center position for us uh, because it's a need. One guy that will not be filling that void or even at the four, Isaac Trout, the Grand Island senior high product, uh, did announce today that he will be going to Creighton. Not a huge shock. Uh, Creighton was in on him to the very end. Uh, the first time that he was being recruited, didn't take long for Isaac Trout to commit to Creighton. Again, a little bit of a longer shot for Nebraska to get him. Would have been a fun piece, but hey, now Jawan Gary gets to make his life miserable next year, I hope. Yeah, and 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 that made sense for Trout because, um, you know, they they showed the most promise, right? They They were able to go pretty deep. Uh, with his addition, they still have the ability to do so. Obviously, you're going to use uh, Lou Shireman, but Creighton's done a good job of just putting himself in a position um, to look pretty. Like ex- example of that, like when you put out, um, just just say you put out like a, it, it, when you go into a jewelry store and you look at the jewelry, right? 
what makes it shine and glimmer the most is 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 the bigger the light that kind of that sits on it but if it's sitting back in the corner it's all dull it doesn't look like it has any any value to it then all of a sudden you look and your eyes turn to the to the light that's what Creighton did by going and, and putting himself in a position one shot they see one foul one situation away from from moving on to the final four so uh for them I think that's a good get for them. His skill set's pretty solid. I don't know uh, size wise how he fits, but that that's gonna put that's gonna put a good team together for them. Still, for sure. So that's the college basketball news coming up next. Though we get to hear about the Kansas City Royals. You heard his voice yesterday on the opening day broadcast. You'll hear him throughout the season. Jake Eisenberg, the newest voice of the Kansas City Royals, that you can hear right here on at 93.7 The Ticket. He'll join the show next, give us a little bit of a season preview uh, for what to expect from the boys in blue. We'll talk to Jake after this.